welcome back to Dylan, Texas. That's right. We have a birthday episode for yours truly. And this week we are doing Friday Night Lights. We're talking about season one, episode one of this fantastic show that aired from 2006 to 2010. And specifically, the pilot aired on October 3rd, 2006. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is normally your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. But like I mentioned, we're doing the pilot of Friday Night Lights. Mary, what happened? We begin four days before the first football game of the season for the Dillon Panthers. And we meet Eric Taylor, the coach who is totally honored and prepared to represent his community this and every Friday night until they win a state trophy. His wife, Tammy, who just needs a house with his and hers closets, and their daughter, Julie, who points out that Moby Dick is basically Texas football. We also meet Jason Street, the quarterback with a bright and shiny future, his cheerleader girlfriend, Lila, who he must kiss. Brian, Smash Williams, confident running back who has some background conflict with Tim Riggins, a fullback who maybe likes beer a little too much, and his girlfriend, Tyra, who likes to flirt with not just him. And... Matt Saracen, the baby backup quarterback who's barely on the team, and his non-football friend, Landry. Perfect rundown. (laughs) Yeah, so that was an excellent little character list and small synopsis. So I'll also read the synopsis that Wikipedia gives us, which says, The first episode tells the story of new coach Eric Taylor, who finds himself coaching high school football in Dillon, a small Texas town with a deep tradition of winning. However, the first football game of the season harbors dark tidings for star quarterback Jason Street. So I think we can all agree Mary's synopsis are way better. Yeah, absolutely. That didn't tell me nearly enough. (laughs) Okay, I, so I do want to hear all of your history with the show and like why you chose it and all this stuff. But Mm -hmm. I want to say that I've, I've watched this pilot before. I've watched, I think like half of the first season. This is still an amazing pilot like watching it a second time and really getting to appreciate it this is a good pilot it very much to me changed a lot of the ways that we watch dramas especially Mm -hmm. like tv form because it felt really cinematic um but i think what's unique about it is something that you come to see from Peter Berg, who is the creator of the show and directs this this first episode and many episodes throughout the the run of the show, but also like Jason Kadams is a writer on the show and he's one of the main writers. And you recognize things in this episode and in the show that you then see later on in in both of these guys' work. So you see things like shaky cameras, you see like zooms. It it almost has like a mockumentary feel without it being a mockumentary, mm-hmm. and you also get a lot of dialogue that's quicker. It's um, you kind of talk over each other as opposed to it being super scripted and like, I talk, then you talk, I talk, then you talk and back and forth like that. So, and from just all, for all intents and purposes, a lot of people say that this pilot is one of the best pilots in television. Um, And I tend to agree, but I'm heavily biased because I love the show. So. Yeah, no, so, okay, you you probably watched it when it aired, right? Like, this was part of your TV block? So, actually, no. What's interesting about this, so we established that it aired 2006 to, to, to 2010, 
So that was like ages 16 to 20 for me. And I actually didn't watch it when it aired. I didn't know it was on. Um, I didn't watch it until college when it came out on Netflix, when we could stream Netflix um, for the like first time. And I actually watched it in the final season that it aired. So the reason I got into it was your boy, Nate. Nate watched this show with his mom every week. Oh my God, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And like, he didn't even really care about football. I mean, he did, he liked it, but it, like, he was a huge, he, his favorite character, just so you guys know, is Landry. Um, that sounds And you'll right. see yeah. why. Yeah. He is, he's a great character. And plus it's Jesse Plemons. Like this dude is probably the biggest star of this series outside of like Connie Britton. Connie Britton. And, and yeah. And may, maybe I'm now blinking on Coach's name in real life because all I think of is uh, him as is Coach Taylor. But um but yeah, like he would watch it every week. And of course, once we met, Nate and I, he knew my obsession with football and he was like, how have you not seen this show? And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And he showed it to me and I got hooked immediately. So I, I binged it all on Netflix and the rest is history. I mean, this is just further proof that TV is your love language. He showed you a show that he likes and he thought you would like it and you married him. Yeah, exactly. You know who also, which I've probably said this before on this podcast, but you know what else he got me into? Hmm. Arrow. He wow, liked and then Arrow. he fell off real fast. Oh, totally. He fell off while Arrow was airing. I did not. But he was like, hey, man, this not hey, man. <laughs> hey, babe. <laughs> this show's really cool. It's called Arrow. I don't know if you'll like it because it's about, it's like a comic book show. And I'm like, I'll give it a try. I want you to date me. And sure <laughs> enough, I loved it. And he's, he is responsible for my obsession with the Arrowverse. So you can thank Nate for so many of my like loves of television. It's insane. It's all like fitting together now. <laughs> but, but yeah, okay. I mean, truly though, this is a really good pilot. And I feel like if I wanted to have a show that I wanted someone to watch and like think good things about me, maybe I would pick this. Yeah. I mean, I, it really does rank up there in a lot of ways, but it's also just something a little bit different than your typical high school drama. Um, mm -hmm. And not necessarily just because it revolves around football. And we know that it came out of the movie, right? Mm -hmm. Like Connie Britton played the wife in the movie as well, but it, flushes out the characters so much more and it gives you a little bit more like yes we start with tradition of high school football in texas which we know is a huge thing but it, it also like gets you immediately invested in various characters not just mm -hmm. the head coach of the football team um i think it lays just a really good foundation for what the show will end up being yeah well and that's the thing i really like how this show introduces the characters. Like I love mm -hmm. in a high school drama that you're always going to get that like one little glimpse of their home life before they go to school. So you can like see yep. them and you see like the signs outside their houses that show who lives there while you've got the AM radio show on and people are talking about football, how big of a thing it is that there is a call in show on a Monday mm -hmm. morning and people are calling in to talk about high school football. Right. Like, you know how important this is. And then you see, you know, Matt Saracen and then you see Tim Riggs and he is just like 
surrounded by beer bottles and women and you're just like, oh, this kid is like, that's the bad kid. That's the bad guy. He's not caring about football like he should and he drinks and who's this girl that he's with? <laughs> and like – yeah. When when you introduce Matt, I'm I'm keep looking at my notes and being like, did I already know this or did I actually find it out in the scene? Right, right. But when you get introduced to Matt is when the radio is talking about how he's the backup quarterback and the starter's amazing. Like they're already setting that he he is not the guy. Yeah. That he's a character that you should pay attention to, but he is not the guy, right? Yeah. But from what you see about him is like he's in a small house and it's not anything fancy um it has like a little chain link fence outside and he is kind of like not frantic but just moving really quickly this morning on monday morning clearly before school and he makes two sandwiches and has medicine next to green gatorade for his grandma so clearly he lives with his grandmother and is responsible in a way for her if he's mm-hmm. having to make sure that she's eating and taking medicine, right? So it's like right off the jump, you get, like you said, you get little glimpses into who these people are without having to have a conversation with them specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have to just say it. You can see it while you're weirdly listening to this AM radio show that gets to do voiceover that's not actually voiceover. Like, right. What is, there's gotta be a phrase for using a radio or a TV to give plot in this way, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like a little bit of just exposition in I guess so. It's a an interesting form. Yeah. I don't know. I just loved it because they bring it back later mm-hmm. in this episode too, where they've got the radio playing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is almost kind of like um, how in um, – Evelyn Hugo, they use the newspaper clippings. Yeah. To kind of like tell you like a little bit of what's going on in the environment rather than like the specific people outside of Coach Taylor, who's a brand new coach to mm-hmm. Dylan High School. Which is such a huge deal. The idea that NBC Sports was there, I know, blew my mind. Well, and it's cool too because like as you're getting a glimpse of these different characters, like, some of them are extremely well-known. Some of them become extremely well-known. And some of them are brand new. Like, I don't know if Minka Kelly was all that popular then, but she goes on to, like, be in a bunch of movies, be in TV shows. Um, uh, Jason Street, who's the star quarterback, now I'm blanking on his name, too, which is hilarious because, like, a lot of these characters, I refer to them as their Friday Night Lights character names um, in real life. But he goes and on to do a bunch of things we know coach taylor goes on to do so many things Mm -hmm. um but yeah the fact that we get this nbc crew which obviously the show aired on nbc so that's why we're able to get it but it's like they're interviewing which at the time to to me feels baffling because what we know about recruiting and nil and college football now makes total sense but Mm -hmm. then in 2006 this like recruiting wasn't as big and as detailed as it is now But we quickly learn that Coach Taylor and Jason, the the quarterback, have been together since, like, peewee football. And now Coach Taylor has never coached high school football or head coached high school football. 
And Jason is like the number one recruit. He's a senior. He has all of these high expectations. He's a sweet boy. Like he's very yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Like he's the picture of a stereotypical high school quarterback who is going to go on and do great things. And we get that right off the jump. Mm-hmm. Also, so this interview right here I started really noticing so much foreshadowing to what is going to happen to Jason Mm -hmm. which like Mm -hmm. you know it's going to be something big dramatic I don't know how much they revealed before this show came out but like when they show Matt Saracen at home and they're talking about how the starting QB is amazing and Matt Saracen's never going to play and he's the rookie and he whatever and then you get here where coach Taylor and Jason are talking about how it's his last year of being able to play before going to college. And he finally gets to play with his coach who he's been with for almost a decade. And he's so great. There's a recruiter there talking about wanting him to go to Notre Dame. I feel like, you Mm -hmm. know, something terrible is going to happen to him. Totally. We are jaded enough as TV viewers to know not everything is as perfect as it seems. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure I picked up at least some of that with this being a second watch, but I was just like, Wow, yeah. they really were just like it, – it's a very Joss Whedon of like we're going to build this character up for you. We're going to make you fall in love with him from the jump and then mm-hmm. kill him. A hundred percent. I mean, and speaking of kind of that way to build characters, it's like we now get these really fast clips of other players being interviewed too because this is supposed to be one of the best high schools, not just in Texas but the country, right? And the football program itself is is – supposed to be just unreal and so you get these really fast cuts of smash who wants to go to texas to play football like these are not just dudes that are like hoping to get a d1 scholarship these are guys Mm -hmm. that are guaranteed to get a d1 scholarship it just they have to pick which one right so smash wants to play for mac mac brown which is hilarious because mac brown like we know what ends up happening with him and getting fired at well some of us do he gets fired at texas like shortly after this not like immediately but soon after this he is not in coaching for a while he ends up being at north carolina like as of last year and he was pretty good but i mean he was kind of old then so (laughs) like anyway and something interesting about smash here is the the reporter wants to talk about his dad who passed away recently and smash like immediately shuts that down Right. Like he off the bat is just like, nope, I don't talk about that. I talk about football. And that's a bit of foreshadowing, too, because obviously this boy is obsessed with not just football, but himself and his stats mm-hmm. and his his status. Um, and they even talk about racism. Which is interesting, too, to the point of like, why are you asking the only black man about oh, racism? Yeah. But Instead of Smash answering it, Tim does. Yeah, he does that. And then, yeah, cut straight to Riggs, who is just like, yeah, I'm racist. Well, he was like, it's not racist racism. I just hate the guy. And I mean, I'm like, yeah. okay, but, like, it, we, you know, we don't know. We don't know enough to make this conclusion. But, like, do we? You know? And, and so, but it is very clear that Riggs hates smash and you don't know why right like he doesn't necessarily say why he hates smash you just hear like how much he hates him and it's all this back and forth and smash is talking about just playing football and like 
um, Riggs is clearly hungover, so he's messing up in every drill. So Coach is like basically getting every member of the football team to go hit Riggs and oh to try to get what Riggs to like stand up. I know, right? It was like the like these kinds of drills are literally like banned in high school football now. So <laughs> I mean, they should be, but like when this happened, I was just like, hot like. I mean, that's a good way to get me to not drink before practice. Seriously. And that also tells you, too, like, a little bit about the coaching style, right? Like, a lot of it's tough love. A lot of it is, like, we're going to go hard. You're going to be the best. Like, this, as stereotypical as it is, I kind of felt like this pilot was almost Remember the Titans in one episode of television, right? The entire plot of the movie minus segregation in one television show just because of how it ends up being like the stakes are so high for the coach and mm-hmm. it's all about tough love and perfection. And there is an element of racism and just backstories of all of the other guys. Like it was so remember the Titans. And then you add the layer of music onto this, like, come on. <laughs> oh my gosh. The music for the show is so good. Like that's honestly one of the things music, uh, decor, like casting costumes, all of that really makes a show. So like, Oh, this mm-hmm. like just soft explosions in the sky music when you're supposed to be mm-hmm. like feeling such high emotions about football. I was like, you got me. And then like they throw yep. in stuff like when they're all uh, tackling rigs, they're playing Black Betty. Yes. The needle drops, man. Like <laughs> they're so, so good. good. God. Oh. And then we finally get Friday Night Lights. <laughs> like, I know. It took that long to then give us the title card. And then we immediately cut to Tuesday where they're like, or is this Tuesday or is this still? It's I didn't write still down Monday. Tuesday. It oh is still Monday. Because I didn't write down when Tuesday restaurant. is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got it. So we go to the restaurant where the film crew is still kind of like following a lot of the football players. And Lila's there now with Jason. So we established the relationship between Jason and Lila. Smash is there. Tyra's there, who we now know is Tyra. And she was the girl that laid on top of Riggs right in front of, you guys don't know him, but his name is Billy. It's his brother. Um, mm-hmm. Just the audacity. <laughs> Very Valerie Malone. Very Valerie Malone. <laughs> yeah. And Smash is just talking about how cocky, like he's so cocky, right? Like he's like, I'm the Smash, baby. Like, you know, just... He's so cocky, but he's got, I will say, like, for being so cocky, his smile is one of the best smiles I've ever seen. Like, he has such a bright, beautiful smile. I can't get over Smash. I really liked when Landry very clearly has a crush on the coach's daughter and he wants to go sit with her. And she goes, I don't eat with football players. He goes, I'm not a football player. And she goes, well, I don't eat with you either. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, how freaking cute is little baby Jesse Plemons? Like, oh, my god, He is precious. I can't. I love it. I forgot he was in this. And when he popped up, I was just like, oh, my God. He's just. He's so good. He's immediately good. And it's so like. I, yeah. I hate that when I first saw him, I was just like, that's that Nazi from Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> No, the, every time I see him, the first thing I think of is when he's the really weird cop in uh, Game Night. Yes. 
Yes. How is that at all profitable for (laughs) Frito-Lay? God, he's so good. It's not actually complimentary, but he's so good. Like, you can tell he's clearly one of the better pure actors, like, off the jump. I like him so much. And hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, nobody knew what he would become. But dude just, like, soared after this. Love that for him. But yeah, so, like, we've kind of established, like, all of this episode is very much about expectations and people living up to them or people not living up to them. And so, you know, Jason Street's talking about how he handles it. And, and Lila jumps in to, like, talk about how Jason handles it. Like, clearly the devoted, obsessed, like, cheerleader girlfriend. Um, but it's hilarious. Tyra just, like, a booth over. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, that's so interesting. I've never heard anything more interesting. Like... <laughs> I love her so much. And then she just gets up, walks over to Smash, and takes a bite of his burger. In her low-rise jeans. And Mary called it her Kristen Cavallari haircut. Like, (laughs) There is this little part of me that wants to go find a pair of low-rise jeans and try them on and just, like, see how exposed I feel. I did that a couple of summers ago and my biscuits popped out literally like a can of biscuits when he twisted open and they just poof, like <laughs> it was just ugh. it's so much skin. It's just like I would be like where I can't feel my pants. I yeah. And like the the zipper length is the shortest it could ever be. <laughs> it's why we all needed camis under our shirts that went down to our asses yes that could stretch over everything (laughs) you you could never get me back into a pair of low-rise jeans but I will also not look in them like how Tyra looks because she does really pull it off oh totally I mean like high schoolers can do this 30 year olds cannot (laughs) I gotta say the women on this show are very attractive like Tyra, Lila, uh, Tammy. I was about to call her Mrs. Tammy. Coach. Well, she is. They do call her Mrs. Coach at some point. Yeah. But, but like, they're all such beautiful women. And then I feel like the guys, like, how does Tim Riggs get a girlfriend? What do you mean, how does Tim Riggs get a girlfriend? Have you seen his hair? <laughs> oh, I hated it. Oh god, I was like, "Oh, okay. He's the he's the pretty one that I'm going to feel sad about." Yep. 100%. Tim Riggins is everything. Like, just trust me on it. He is everything. <laughs> he is mad, bad, and dangerous to know. Let me tell you that. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Oh, Speaking wow. of that really quick. I'm sorry. This is so off topic. But did you know that that phrase was was originally used to describe Lord Byron? Like the Isn't- poet? Is that where he got it from? That's where that came from, yeah. That's hilarious. So, Lord Byron, Dylan McKay, Tim Riggs. <laughs> Tim Riggins. I'm, I kind of love the idea that some man named Lord Byron was like, you know what I am? I'm mad, bad, and dangerous to know back in the 17th century, and everyone was just like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Your name's Byron. <laughs> Your name is Lord. Yeah. <laughs> 
Byron, comma, Lord. <laughs> also a poet. So, like, yeah, right. I'm so bad. This was totally before poets were, like, emo, you know? Oh, man. Okay. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, then we get, you know, a little film of the Taylor household. So we get Coach watching film. Oh, sorry. No, this is not their house. This is still at, at I presume, the coach's office. And mm-hmm. he's watching film of their opponent this week. And finally, we are graced with Connie Britton's appearance. Like, Lord have mercy, that woman has better hair than anybody on the planet. I swear. But something you will come to know if you continue watching this show is that Tammy and Eric Taylor have one of the best dynamics of what kind of like what real marriage can be like because they call each other on their shit. They are true partners and they also just like, they bicker, but they love each other. They fight, but then they make up. Like it's so, it's such a good portrayal. And so many times people thought that these two were together in real life because of their insane chemistry and they never did they never dated each other they were friendly it was kind of like luke and lorelei like they were friendly they weren't really that good of friends they didn't dislike each other but their chemistry was just so palpable and it's right off the bat right here isn't that such a wild thing to think about of just like having so much chemistry with someone and then just being like all right bye yeah like see you tomorrow yeah, but so yeah, he's watching tape and she comes in and is like, Oh, did you forget to tell me about a car dealership opening engagement? And I just I love the way they talk to each other. Where she was like, Did you forget to tell me specifically that she called it an opening engagement? Like yeah. going to the car dealership <laughs> opening engagement. <laughs> and he's just like, I did forget to tell like there's no yeah lying. There's no skirting around it. Like, but yeah, he messed up. He's like, I, I did do that. I, yep, that's what yep. I did. I'm glad you're here, honey. Love you. Yeah. It's just real. Yeah. And I, I think you end up seeing that throughout the show. Like, it's just a real marriage full of love, but it's not anything more than it needs. Like, it's not an over the top kind of a relationship. And it's not built on lies and the the kind of drama that we're used to seeing in television dramas Mm -hmm. well yeah because the next time we see them is when she's looking at like want ads with houses and she Mm -hmm. really wants those his and hers closets Mm -hmm. and they're just existing as a family exactly and I felt this too because coach wasn't really listening to her Like, he wasn't ignoring her. He just was watching film, and Julie was also trying to equate Moby Dick to the town of Dillon, Texas, and (laughs) their roles in it. But Tammy's just going on and on about, like, his and her closets, like, we need to get this house. And she's just, like, putting the listing on the fridge and just, like, doing her little dance. Like, (laughs) I loved her little dance. And I I loved so much that, like, she says it, and yeah, he's like, you know, listening but not listening because he's watching mm-hmm. film and she just gets up and cuts it out and puts mm-hmm. it on the fridge and walks away yep and then he does action on it he does he ends up like calling the realtor the real estate agent 
going to literally see the house, granted, without Tammy. Yeah. But does put in the effort to be like, I listen to my wife. I know this is what she wants. Let me see if I can go make this happen. And if it's realistic, especially if I keep my job after this game, then, yeah, we'll talk about it. This will be a bigger conversation. And that's what I'm saying. Like, the relationship isn't anything over the top. It's just... It's just real and it's it's lovely is what it is. It's it is lovely. I very much enjoyed <laughs> all of their scenes. So something else and, that happened like in between those, like Landry and Matt were like throwing the football. Like Matt's clearly trying to like keep his accuracy by throwing the football through the little tire, which was so cute. And like Landry's just like going on and on about nothing. Absolutely nothing. I don't even I didn't even write down what he said because I'm like, I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> He was like live. He was like talking through a crossword puzzle. But yeah, I wrote yes. they're being totally random because at some point Matt was like, that's totally random. <laughs> yeah. And then Landry's just like, hey, I want to start a Christian speed metal band. <laughs> and then grandma comes out of nowhere and she's like, Matthew, you need to get a better friend. Grandma. <laughs> Love grandma. I love grandma so much when she was just, he made her two sandwiches. She goes, but I just want one. But you made two. (laughs) I love grandma. Oh, grandma. Oh, there's also that scene where, like, Jason brings Lila home after all of the interviews. And she's like, is it true that you're a quarterback? Then you must kiss me. (laughs) It's like they tried to go Princess Bride with it. And couldn't because it was, I don't think these two have that much chemistry. I just didn't care about this one. I was like, I mean, I guess it's cute and you got the guitar playing, but like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not ready for them. Yeah. And like, honestly, as much as I really enjoy, <clears throat> as much as I really enjoy Scott Porter, that's his name, Scott Porter's depiction and portrayal of Jason sometimes his southern accent leaves a little to be desired because he's just like when Lila's like is it true that I love Lila Garrity like (laughs) so much emphasis on I and Lila like (laughs) I'm like oh Jason oh Scott like you you're cute but you're too much (laughs) And then it's Wednesday. No, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. It's Tuesday. (laughs) The week is just... To be fair, so much happened on Monday relative to the other days outside of Friday that, like, Tuesday and Wednesday, I think we're pretty short. Like, Tuesday is pretty much just the dealership. Yeah, it starts with Tuesday morning when Coach meets with the other coach because he went and saw the practice. And then... Like, I think that's supposed to be introducing this this player, this character, and to, like, really set the stage about, like, just how difficult it's going to be to beat the other team. Mm-hmm. But that's really it there. And then it's just the car dealership. Yep. And you find you – f- <laughs> you meet Buddy Garrity, who is Lila's dad, and, yeah, he owns this dealership. It's the grand opening. And, boy, oh, boy, do you get to know Buddy Garrity at some point. Ugh. Um, I got to know quite a bit about the women of Dillon, Texas in this. Very true. Um, but Buddy Garrity, like, he gives off Chet Hunter vibes. 
like very mm. like boisterous, big personality, like wants to feel important without being too important, you know? Um, but yeah, he introduces the mayor who welcomes coach Taylor and the full staff and all the team and coach. This is from Mary synopsis where he's so honored and privileged to like be the coach and he's going to bring home a state championship. He's going to work so tirelessly to do so um, because it's tradition um, for this team. And then smash sort of wraps. I <laughs> was so fascinated and then he said the word he said ass while he was rapping and i was like excuse me sir you are in christian texas right oh my gosh when Riggs later on like is like hey you're all about god but like what's you know like your chain which i didn't understand the insult but like smash was real upset about it so <laughs> yeah it's, it's that whole thing of like we don't know why they hate each other we just know that they hate each other and you want to yep. know more about it but yeah and then it like turns into a whole pep rally for the team and then there's a lot of alcohol at car dealership openings apparently mm -hmm. because there's that one lady asking Riggs if a blitz is sexual. Have you ever blitzed an older woman? She could you know. Christ. Like he's very much the Pacey of Friday Night Lights because like older women you know, like are interested in him and he's kind of the bad boy, like all this kind of stuff, like very much. Yeah. But he's like uncomfortable, but not uncomfortable enough to like ignore it. Cause I think based on what I know about Riggs is like, he kind of in is entertained by it, you know, like he kind of like appreciates it. Um, and then we get like that silly moment with those women talking to Tammy and being like, you should join our book club. Yeah, we have a little wine. We like stereotypical women's book club. Don't even mention a book. Just talk about how yeah. they gossip and, and drink wine. <laughs> well, and they're like, yeah, we meet on Wednesdays. It's like, that's tomorrow. Tammy's not reading a book in a night. Exactly. And then, of course, it's like the whole rest of this scene is basically a back and forth between like Coach Taylor with a bunch of people, Tammy with a bunch of people. Uh, street with a bunch of people and for all this episode is building on these expectations and what happens if you don't there are so many people telling everybody what to do right like literally people are telling coach how to do his job and the mayor is telling jason to just throw the dang ball like don't do anything else just throw the ball and also do you like what did she say she was like also do you <laughs> do you like what do you like early black sabbath it'll make you mean that's what it is. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, okay, this is so stressful. Like the tension and the stress that's being like built up here is, yeah, you can tell there's just so much pressure. Well, and yeah, so the mayor tells Jason just like keep throwing the ball or yeah, street, just mm -hmm. keep throwing the ball and do that. And then I think it's tomorrow. I don't think it's tonight, but like in the future when coach comes home and he's got the radio on, they're saying like, He's got Street as a quarterback. They're going to rely on throwing the ball too much. But then you have Smash. You should really use him as a running back. Yeah. It's like, like what Like, what do you want? What do you want? You're not going to make everybody win happy. The game. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, so then the rest of that scene, like, Tyra just stirring the pot, walks up to Jason. People want to take pictures. And, of course, Tyra's all about it. And Lila gets kind of mad. But Jason's immediately like, hey, look, I'm sorry. She 
I just started smiling. She was, she came up to me. I just started smiling. Pictures were being taken, blah, blah, blah. Smash and Riggs almost getting a fight. So much stuff was happening at, and this was just Tuesday. Yeah. No, they're like already showing the tension in the town with like wanting to win the game and wanting to see these Mm -hmm. guys. And then the guys like, they can't just focus on football. They've got this other stuff going on. Of course. And now it's Wednesday. (laughs) Now it's Wednesday, which ironically I have three lines about. Oh, same, same. It's, I wrote, it's Pee Wee Day and some little boy tells Street he's better than Troy Aikman and Peyton Manning. Yeah. And (laughs) the kid goes, do you think God loves football? I think that everybody loves football. Which is true. It is true. Everyone (laughs) loves football. (laughs) But that is very, there's several like iconic lines in this one episode alone. And that is one that doesn't get repeated necessarily throughout the show, but it's just very memorable. Like it's something Mm. that I think the fandom and, and the show itself just like gravitated towards. Um, And it's very much Jason street. Like Mm -hmm. you can tell he just very much like is trying to make everybody happy. And he's that kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, that was the whole thing about the black Sabbath woman. She was like, you have manners, cut it out. Yeah. Yeah. You're too nice. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's all I wrote about Wednesday. Did I miss Same. anything else? Okay. Nope. Now it's Thursday. Oh, and- Thursday. Thursday's so good. Like, I'm sorry, but I like I know it's so Texas. It's so Texas. But after like we already talked about Coach going to see the the house listing that Tammy wants, and you know, he says he mentions like it'll depend on how we do Friday night to see if they continue. We still have the radio show, but just this little party, this little tiny party with Street, Lila, Riggs, etc. Background actors. Yeah. <laughs> Riggs is talking about how Jason should just go do the NFL thing. What? Do your 10 years, five mil a year, whatever. Like, it's so casual. <laughs> and then give him... <laughs> One percent of that paycheck, just one percent, one percent of fifty mil, and he wants to build a hunting ranch with a bunch of girls, and Jason can own it, whatever. But just allow Tim to just stay on the land. And Jason's like, I don't want you anywhere near my land. <laughs> I loved it so much, and you've got Lila there being like, "Excuse me." Yeah, like what? Like I am here. I am present. A hunting lodge <laughs> full of women. Yeah. And now that I'm thinking about it, that's kind of like creepy because uh Taylor Kitsch ends up playing uh David what's his face in Waco. Oh. And it's not a ranch, but it's like a combine full of women and children and other men too, but yikes. Um but what I love is it's it's clearly established that Jason and Tim go way back. They're best friends. They don't make sense, but they're best friends. Um, and Lila's probably been around a long time, too. Mm-hmm. And God, the most iconic lines of the – like, these are this, – this little scene and this little, like, what Tim says here is probably the second most famous stuff that is said on the show. He says, good friends live in large in Texas. Texas forever literally Texas forever is mentioned so much throughout the show and 
just rigs with his because that is his real accent he's not putting it on mm. how he says texas forever like just so texas and he's like let's touch god this time boys and it's so dumb and it's so corny and cheesy but i freaking love tim riggins he's the best but it works because i also wrote the let's touch god this time and i don't yeah. know anything about the fandom right it's just it's so good it's so good i don't have anything else to say about thursday but no. it's just so good it's so good like it's I kind of appreciate that they really sandwich the week. Like Monday, we're establishing who the characters are. We have to go to a first practice. We got to see how big it is for these guys. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're just going to show you. We're just going to give you some stuff. And then mm -hmm. the last 20 minutes of this episode is the football game on Friday. Like it is yes. half the episode is Friday. And you've got Monday through Thursday in the rest of the episode. And this but literally, it's so important. Like it is because yeah because you need to be invested in these characters before you go see them do the thing that everybody's expecting them to go do right mm. and this is also when you know it's less now about like needle drops and specific songs now it's like completely explosions in the sky for the rest of the episode and I, when i tell you i got chills it was just hearing that music overlaid across just the intensity that is High school game day, like God, the epic highs and lows of high school football. High school football. <laughs> I just started thinking it too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true in this case. <laughs> and like we get so much B-roll of the locker room. The guys are getting ready. Like they're panning the crowd at the game. And like, I got to be honest with you, it it really did take me back to high school football. Now, granted, I was in the marching band all four years. So like I didn't get the student section part of it like for me personally, but like I, I know exactly the vibe of like a high school football game and my team was terrible. Our high school was trash at football, but like just the vibe, like the bleachers and the track around the football field. And yeah, so they very well captured what real high school football is like. And I feel like some shows that have done football and high school football specifically haven't necessarily gotten it mm -hmm. like all American. They don't really get it. Um, I'm trying to think of other football shows, but there's just, there's just such a realness to this that I think was probably one of the biggest draws to this show in general. Mm -hmm. Well, and yeah, I, d I don't know if this is like a well-known established thing, but that's how they do it in last chance you, right? Like that's the only yes. football documentary that I've ever seen. But yes. they they show the guys getting ready in the locker room. They show the people out in the stands. They always talk to the fans before the yes. games. A hundred percent. Like, absolutely. And then we get the pep talk mm -hmm. from Coach Taylor. And I don't care what he said until he said, clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. It just... <sighs> The only thing that got me in this pep talk was like, it is so quiet. You're not like getting them hype or anything. And then he said, Clarice yeah. Hearts can't lose. And they responded. And I was like, okay, fine. Yes. You got him. And it's so cool because like, I was wondering, I'm like, I know the real quote is clear eyes, full hearts. And then the guys respond, can't lose. 
but he has to like establish it. So I'm like, does like how does he establish what they're supposed to say? So he says the full thing: clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. And then they repeat, can't lose back to him. So I'm like, okay, now we got it. Now we can get on with the real quote, which is just clear eyes, full hearts, and the respond of can't lose. And it just like Parks and Rec quoted this. Um, I'm trying to remember all the other shows. Parenthood maybe would have, but like so many other shows have literally just said clear eyes, full hearts. And somebody says can't lose. It's from this show, from this pilot. And it's, oh, it's just, I love when stuff like that happens. That's so impactful in pop culture that it's then like recreated in other stuff. Yeah. And it's not even just like quoting it that way. Like I've definitely seen quite a bit of stuff about like, God, I wish I could remember. It's like, you know, clear heads, full stomachs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like. And how cool for the writer that came up with that. I'd be so happy. I wonder, because, you know, this is based on the movie, and the movie was based on a book, which the book was, right. like, a biography or a memoir, or, you know, nonfiction. So, like, I do wonder how far back you could trace this if it was related to that or if it was a writer that came up with this. And if so, like, I'll go on a quick, tiny little soapbox, but this is why the writer strike is important. Yep. This is why AI cannot write stuff like the way that human beings do. And I was literally like Nate and I watched the series finale of Ted Lasso last night. Mm-hmm. Bawling my eyes out. And I went on a big old spiel after it was done just about how incredible it is that we as human beings get to experience this art written by other human beings portrayed by other human beings that we don't know mm-hmm. and that can evoke this type of emotion and this impact on us like it is so incredible like we're so lucky to have just this absolute art right in front of us every single day that we take for granted mm-hmm. as evidenced by the writer strike like we need to freaking pay them or else we're not going to have this like human emotional connection to this type of art and it's just I went on a whole thing I got so passionate way more passionate than I am right now which is hard to believe (laughs) but it's just it's such a beautiful thing and I know we're literally just talking about like six words here but full eyes clear eyes clear eyes full hearts can't lose it's iconic and it's beautiful and it it just does something to you and I love that we have that I just I love that we have that yeah, I mean, I I couldn't say it better than that. Like, I mean, that's the yeah. The whole thing about this podcast is we just like get to have a critical eye on shows that I don't think you could have the same way if there's not that human side of it on the other side. Exactly. Like, I don't think I would be as invested in a show that is written by AI and performed by AI. I just don't think that's gonna work. Exactly, because there's just a yeah. depth to people that you just can't recreate recreate mm-hmm. in in an artificial way you know mm-hmm. yeah and you know we go out basically the rest of this show is the football game you know more or less and you know i wrote down like some of the commentary of the show but i don't think that's really important like yeah basically you know they're playing really well but so is the other team they go into the half at tied at 14 And I think this is another place where you see where they're at half and the one coach is yelling at a bunch of the players, but then the quarterbacks are with Coach Taylor 
and Street is really the one that's like saying things that he's seen in the game that he could be doing differently as a quarterback that, you know, he needs to do this, this, and this to stop that, that, and that. And then you Mm -hmm. see Matt just like standing there where he's just like, yeah, I saw that too. He's so overwhelmed, I think is the Mm -hmm. right word. He's just like, whoa, like, I know I'm only the backup and I never play, but like, this is what I'm expected to do if I do play, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like totally in you know, he's a sophomore. Jason's a senior. He's had two extra years more than Matt to like get to this point. But there's also the difference between like having natural ability and natural talent and the desire to then go the extra mile to learn and practice and train Mm -hmm. and all of that. But I also think like to your point about Jason being the one driving the conversation when coach is literally like, what did you see? There's so much foreshadowing. Yeah. And I really paid attention because he was like, they're blitzing. I can't see them. I don't have time. I can barely get a throw off. Like literally that his line is not able to protect him because the other guys are just too fast. And so he can't see, he can't throw, he doesn't have time, like all this stuff. And I'm like, who boy, here yeah. we go. Like, cause obviously knowing what I know, but like, Like you said earlier, there's just so much foreshadowing. There's so much foreshadowing, and you don't even have to understand football to get it. Like, maybe you don't know exactly what a blitz means, but if he's saying they're too fast, I don't have time, you know that's what it is. Because we come back, and the, the other team is leading. we got six minutes left to go in the game, and he goes to throw the ball, and it's intercepted, and the only person that can stop and the only person that is that far back in the field is Street, and he goes for the tackle, And then he lands and he stops moving. Like there's literally nothing worse in sports than when you see a player get hit or a player do something and they just go down and they're like face down on the ground and they're not moving. Like that's the scariest thing. 100%. Like for everybody involved, the other team, the players, the family, the fans, the referees, literally everybody. Mm -hmm. And – You know, obviously, like, you know, Ariel, you and I watch a ton of sports. And so we unfortunately see this happen a lot. And no matter what name, like four times off the top of my head, if I want to. A hundred percent. Yeah. And like, no matter what sport it is, football, soccer, basketball, it never gets easier to see, right? Like that is something we have not become desensitized to. Thank God. But the egregious like replays. And the amount of times they should replace. Like, we don't need to see that. Like, that is something we do not need to see. And I think they've started to started to They're stop better about doing that. that so often. Yeah. But I just, you know, I think about then. What, what I then think about is obviously the safety, first and foremost, of the player involved. Mm-hmm. But then I immediately think about the other players. Because I know when I played sports, I never, thank God, had to experience, like, a really traumatic injury happen on the field that I was playing on or the court that I was playing on, but I certainly saw my fair share of bad injuries. And when I tell you how difficult it was to keep playing after an injury, even if it wasn't bad, even if it was like not a concussion or had to be carted off, even if it was not that, it's so hard to retrain your mind to like get back into it and understand Mm -hmm. what you're doing matters and stuff like that. And that's that's why like when this happens, I'm like, oh my God, the other players, the other players, the other players. How? How? How are they going to continue? 
And literally, I wrote that as well. I was like, imagine having to keep playing while your friend is just carted off the field and going to the hospital, or you're on the other team and you know what they're going through because you've experienced it, or like you literally just had to see it. Like, they, Mm -hmm. the whole time that Street is still on the field, like they've got the players kneeling, they've got people in the stands are crying, Minka Kelly is crying, like, they show all of that, and then, yeah, to have to go back and play those last five minutes and 45 seconds, and then also being Matt, who is just like, I literally can't do what he did, and he couldn't yeah. do this. Yeah, exactly. And I did really actually love that they put in that the refs get the captains together and mm-hmm. say, like, hey, play smart. There's We got to finish this game. We know what happened, but tell everybody to go play smart, go play hard, but play smart. Because I do think that is really important to kind of help level set. And, Mm -hmm. and Matt had to be a captain. Like that's the other thing. He was thrust into a captainship when he has like not played a snap in like two years. Yeah. No, like the deer in the headlights look that he was giving everybody was just perfect. Yeah. I I don't even remember exactly what happened, but, you know, there's a lot of time that he's not playing well. He finally turns it around. They do end up winning the game through, like, an onside recovery. Mm -hmm. But, like, the whole time that they're talking to him and they're like, do you know how to read a football game? He's like, no, I don't. Please help me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's so overwhelmed. He's forgotten his job, right? Yeah. And coach has to, like, credit coach, though. He is so calm and he's like, hey. You just take a look at the defense. You see what they're doing. You think about what you're doing and you throw to our players. Like he doesn't patronize (laughs) them, even though it's such a patronizing thing, but he just like calmly is like, Hey man, breathe, relax. You're okay. Just go out there and do what you've always done. Like keep it simple. And yeah, of course, then they give them favorable plays to like hand the ball off and like do things to get them in rhythm and things like that. But I also think it's super important that Riggs was the one to recover the onside kick. I love that for him because I love him. <laughs> and he had such a hard, he had a hard week at practice. Okay. <laughs> Get the shit kicked out of him. But yeah, I, he, I, Ariel, you'll appreciate this. So, the final thing on the football side of it before we get back to street. Whenever Matt was doing that, like, oh, I'm going to evade the tackler and I'm going to, like, spin and, like, and then chuck that long. He looked so much like Stetson Bennett because he's, like, little (laughs) and skinny. I was – and he was running around just holding that football. And I'm like, oh, my God. is I literally said he looks like freaking Stetson Bennett out there. And then he just heaves a ball. And, of course, they win. I'm like, if that is not Stetson, I don't know what is. (laughs) Stetson Bennett really liked this show. Hey, I wouldn't blame him. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it, it, he does that like whole scramble as the clocks run down. The play is still going, so the game gets, gets to go as long as that play is still alive. And he throws it all the way down. They run it in for the touchdown. And then post-game, they all go pray for Street because, I mean, that's what you do anyway, but it also is Texas. Mm-hmm. And then that yeah, the last thing you see is just a ton of people at the hospital checking in on the street because while they've been playing the game, he's been undergoing back surgery and he's there mm-hmm. in like a full halo. Yep. And 
I think too, like a couple of things also to kind of give kudos to Scott Porter is like, he plays it so well being so scared, but so thankful, like being a nice boy. Like he, when he was down on the ground and he was being put on the stretcher, he said, thank you. Like he's so sweet. And you know, they're like checking his eyes, checking his, his hands, his feet, like all this kind of stuff. And he's just like, okay, okay. Like you can tell he's so scared and he's so mm -hmm. like, he doesn't know what's coming, but he's still, he's still Jason. And he's still just like such a sweet boy and just wants to be okay. And yeah, when they show him in the halo and Lila's like outside sobbing and Julie like awkwardly goes to hug her. Oh and God. then I know. And, and coach just walks in the hospital and just holds his hand. Mm -hmm. and oh it's just it did like I I did not get him like crying emotional but I was just like that is a way to like end an episode it's yeah it hits you in the feels it really it does. does it does yeah I mean honestly <laughs> what a pilot like so I've seen it before. I did continue watching the show. I do actually really want to pick it up, although it is not on Netflix over here. So what? I got to see if it's on like, well, I can't get HBO anymore now that it's Max. So how did I'll how did you VPN. watch it? VPN. But like if I VPN, oh. then I have to watch it on my laptop or my tablet. I can't I can't like turns out you can't VPN into the United States and then try and Chromecast to a Dutch uh, television. Got it. Got it, got yeah. it, got it. So I have to watch it on my laptop if I do that. It used to be on Amazon, but I don't think it is anymore. Oh, I should check that because we did get Prime again so that we could order stuff for the house. And I could give you my HBO login if you want it. Oh, I, I have HBO. It's just Max is not available well, in this country. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had HBO and then they cut to Max and they were like, nope, you can't have it anymore. That, that makes zero sense. That literally makes it's, no sense at all. That makes zero sense. HBO was here. Why do I have to do this? Whatever. Right? We don't need to talk about my cable troubles. Um, but okay, it Mary, is on what Amazon. I do want to know. Okay. Mary, I do want to know, will you keep watching the show? Honestly, I have to know what happens. Because, <laughs> like, okay, so football aside – I am the one person and the God and everyone loves football that doesn't love football. <laughs> but what I do love is characters who have compelling relationships with each other. And I can absolutely appreciate how adding sports into a show can raise the stakes so much because like, yeah, I like I was literally crying when the ambulance came up. Like I was emotionally invested so yeah. I really do need to know what happens next. I will probably keep watching. Well, and I will say, like, yes, it's about football. But, like, the layers that it has, like, you do get a ton of other stuff. It just happens to be centered around the fact that these most of these characters play football or are connected to football in high school, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, it's – yeah, it really is – about the characters and about who they become, who they are, who they were, who they become. And ooh, that was another quote I really liked. Wait, I'm getting my shows mixed up. It was in something else. Never mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, it really is more about like the people and how it affects football, not how football affects them. Mm -hmm. So 
Mm -hmm. I appreciate that if you do continue watching because yeah. I mean like I love football but I love the characters more yeah yeah like I'm I definitely want to know what happens next like yeah yeah for sure and I want more explosions in the sky in the background yes because well, god that, that soundtrack good. is so it, perfect it literally I think is used the entire series so yeah and it's really Weird funny because flex. like just as an Explosions in the Sky fan, I have heard so many of these songs that played before already. Like, hearing music I recognized and then seeing why it was made mm -hmm. was really cool. And it just was perfect. Mm -hmm. It was really, like, totally. yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Sports show. Yeah. Hey, oh it just God. adds to, like, your repertoire to continue to build your well-roundedness. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh my god. I swear if like, you know, NFL starts and you've watched the show and all of a sudden like you're watching like Michael's watching the Patriots or something and you're like, "Oh, hey, that guy just blitzed." Or something like he'd be like, "What?" <laughs> I will like, say like I I do know what a down is and like nice. a fumble. I know like the basic rules. All of the terminology mm. weirds me out and makes me confused but like as a concept like I understand what they're trying to do and how to win yes I mean when Matt was going into the huddle and being like four seven six blast like blah 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 I don't I don't know what those are like I know yeah. their plays they mean nothing to me so you're not at least like all that terminology no e even me a, stu a student of football does not know what that means <laughs> No, I, but I would love if, yeah, the NFL starts back and you just are walking into the kitchen while Michael's watching a football game and you're like, oh, that was a nice sweep toss. He'd be like, yeah. Or you're like, man, that corner really just jammed that receiver. <laughs> yeah. In reality, it's going to be like, wow, that sure was a kick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the first down or second down? <laughs> Nothing would make me happier than just shocking Michael with football knowledge and being like, I got it from TV. Bye. Yes. I'm not interested. <laughs> I still don't care. Yeah. I just know. It's awesome. Oh, my gosh. No, it's it's an incredible pilot. I love it so much. It's good. And, yeah, I don't, only, I don't think. The only thing I'll say is, like, Rider Strike really did affect the show in such a bad way. Um, so there's like one season and it's the one that's like, it's the only one that's 13 episodes, I think. Um, mm -hmm. and it is just, it jumps the shark in a bad way, but we get back on track. We do get back on track, but like, ooh, there's some questionable choices. So. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. Like the writer strike had to happen then and it had to happen now. And yep. if my show has to suffer temporarily so that I get shows like Ted Lasso in the future, I'm going to take it. hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I I don't think we have to ask you what your quote of the week is. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. No. It's I, – I think the, the thing about these quotes is just we, – we all know it's clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. But yeah. mostly just because of the impact. Like I just went on a whole thing about like how five words can be so impactful. But it's just – I think – also the intention like it's kind of that same way in Ted Lasso where there's things that people say that are not necessarily like the most eloquent or the most complicated or whatever but they mean the most and so I think 
just some of these quotes in this pilot alone just have such an impact on not just this show but pop culture that is just so cool i love tv so much i mean i love tv so much (laughs) mary what was your moment of the week I'm going to have to say it was many moments in the car dealership opening, Um, (laughs) specifically the older women talking to the football players about various things. Like um, one lady was talking to Street about how, um, God, where is it? Oh, how he has a good heart and all that, but that's not going to win him games. He has to chew him up and spit him out and listen to some early Black Sabbath. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that, ladies and gentlemen, that is our mayor. <laughs> <laughs> and then that other lady, who I think might have also been the realtor who was trying to sell the coach a house, um, talking to uh, Tim, and this was completely inappropriate, but just being like, I've been confused about what a blitz is. It sounds a little sexual. Have you ever yep. blitzed an older woman? You could, you know. Jesus. Like, <laughs> ma'am, that's a child. Right? But still, that was kind of funny because I, I've i also been confused about what a blitz is. <laughs> You're like, I appreciate the sentiment, just not the overall intention. Yeah, like, let's not with the pedophilia, ma'am. Right. Also, I thought it was funny when um, Tyra said that um, Street is probably tired of milk and should try a milkshake. Dude, <laughs> Valerie Malone reincarnated. <laughs> Honestly, truly. Yeah. And it's cool, too, because that actress ends up being on um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then oh. she goes on to that show. I think it's still on with, um, what's his face, the Family Guy creator. Um, Seth MacFarlane? Yes. Uh, it's like Norville or, the, or Orville oh, or something like, like that. Yeah. I think it's the Orville. Yes. On Hulu. It's like that space show or whatever. So um, all like most of these people go on to do some pretty cool stuff. So I mean, honestly, in the pilot, like I do think they've earned it already. Yes. Well, and you know, Matt Saracen is uh, was in Good Girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm so thankful he ended up not being like Matt Saracen because I, for the longest time, I thought that actor was as awkward as Matt is. And I was like, oh boy, oh boy. He just (laughs) plays it so well. Well, and now that we've watched this pilot, I may end up rewatching this because um, Scott Porter and I forget who else, one other person um, and Mae Whitman have a rewatch podcast for Friday Night Lights because Mae Whitman is obsessed with Friday Night Lights and wants to marry Tim Riggins. So, fun All fact, right. in uh, so much so that in Parenthood, in the final season, she gets Scott Porter on the show. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, oh so, it's incredible. The only other thing I wanted to mention is when – Matt threw the football and hit his teammate in the back of the helmet. It was just very Mia Thermopolis hits her softball coach in the head with a (laughs) softball. Yes. Like so clearly like in like I'm aiming for this head, but I'm trying to make it not look like it. 
God. Uh, it was just the tension. It like they're completely different, like used for completely different things in these two media, yes. but they're so similar and that it's just like, ha. Uh, <laughs> bad at sports. <laughs> oh, it's oh so freaking good. I oh. forgot about that. It's so good. Okay, I think I have one last bit of fun factness, and it's not anything that like people couldn't find out on their own, but like Taylor Kitsch was 25 when the show aired. Um, Minka Kelly was 26. Uh, Scott Porter, I think, was also 26. And Zach Guilford, who plays Matt, is 24. So, as is tradition, they'll be in their 30s by the time they're done. Yep. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I think we did it. And so next week, we'll be back to West Bev, back to Beverly Hills. Uh, Caitlin, what's next week's episode? Yeah, so next week, we have Beverly Hills 90210, Season 8, Episode 12, Friends Indeed. Yeah, and until then, you can follow us on Instagram at back to Podcast. You can also shoot us over an email with any of your thoughts, questions, comments, or concerns, or if you have opinions on what bonus episodes slash birthday episodes you want us to do in the future, if you have something that would be part of your birthday, uh, do that at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family, all that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community and then we can give y'all a better product and if you leave us a review in apple podcasts we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you so until next week from all of us at back to podcast clear eyes full hearts can't lose bye bye see ya